Thanks for stopping by and checking out the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. Support for today's episode comes from the Ely Outfitting Company. Hi, I'm Jason with Ely Outfitting Company in Ely, Minnesota. The Boundary Waters is the world's greatest canoe country wilderness. And we're thankful to help groups of friends and families from all backgrounds and experience levels enjoy this magnificent place. At Ely Outfitting Company, we have everything you need for a successful Boundary Waters canoe trip. See us for expert trip planning assistance, ultralight Kevlar canoes, specialized camping equipment, and the best information to help you pull it all together. You can even show up with just the things you wear, and we'll take care of the rest. Or just rent a canoe and a few things. All the details and lots of good stuff are on our website at elyoutfittingcompany.com. We're proud to support WTIP's Boundary Waters podcast. Keep telling the wonderful stories of our favorite place in the world, the Boundary Waters. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue. Come the northern lights Oh, and in the deep dark blue Come the northern lights Welcome to episode 27 of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. We're your hosts, Chelsea Lloyd, Joe Fredericks, and I'm Matthew Baxley. And we are reporting to you, our paddling community, from a frozen Boundary Waters lake, cozied up inside a snow trekker tent with a fire sizzling away inside our stove in a very unlikely place. Not what we expected for this weekend, was it, guys? Not at all. We were expecting to be a li- in a whole different state, actually. Right, Joe? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it's March 2020, and as we've been saying since March 2019... We were planning to be back at Canoe Copia this weekend. Really, I mean, we started to build up the excitement for us, as I know many of our listeners do every year. The excitement for Canoe Copia for us started, well, last year, but especially interviewing Darren uh, back in the fall of 2019, where he shared with us how wonderful our paddling community is and how wonderful this rendezvous is. and. We're uh, missing that today, even though we're in an amazing place. Yeah, Darren Bush, the organizer of Canoe Copia, kind of the the person in charge, the go-to contact, who you interviewed, as you said, Matthew, for uh, one of our late 2019 episodes. And Canoe Copia did not happen this year, 2020, because, as with many other events across the country, coronavirus, COVID-19, it was shut down. Um, that was the decision that Darren and others made. 
uh, we as the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast team had decided um, independently and prior to the cancellation of the event that we we were not going to be attending this year. And Matthew, I think our first call went to Chelsea Lloyd. Indeed it did. <laughs> I believe we had her on a conference call uh, right in the WTIP studios saying, how are we going to turn this into something beautiful? How are we going to make something tragic into something exciting that still celebrates the Boundary Waters and our community? So, Chelsea, when we reached out to you, well, first of all, I uh, uh, thank you for being so gracious about the news because this would have been your first canoe copia experience, and um, it was kind of a tough one to, to process through for all of us, but uh, I appreciated how you how graciously you handled that news in the conversation. It was understandable, but um, I was really appreciative of the alternative option that was presented to me. (laughs) (laughs) What do you understand that to be, Chelsea? Well, I understand that to be getting out here on this wonderful lake and hanging out with you guys on our first kind of big trip together. And I've had a lot of firsts on this experience that I've really enjoyed. Yeah. Well, it's been great. And I know, you know, you had interviewed Jerry Vandeveer, who is a staple of Canucopia. And I imagine you were excited to see him out there. And and uh, we're here, though. And it's great. Yeah. So what ultimately happened is we, Matthew and I, brainstorming. And, and then also when Chelsea joined the conversation, said, okay, we're not going to Canucopia. Are we going to sit around? our separate homes and sulk or are we going to as you said Matthew turn that into something with some more positive light and energy because we had a lot of energy built up to Canucopia we were we were literally you were coming to the station and you could have picked me up we had all the supplies organized everything we were hours away at that point from leaving so it's two hours exactly. Yeah, so we've got the the energy, the you know, just that anticipation built up. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are we going to use that for? Well, the boundary waters. Indeed. <laughs> so we went winter camping. Yeah, and you know, it turned out to be an amazing, festive experience. And I think to just begin that conversation, we should jump to a conversation. We had with a couple of visitors that came out, two visitors amongst the collective of our paddle community that were supposed to be at Canucopia along with us in their own respective voyages, but instead they decided to jump in to this plan and join us out in the wilderness. Let's jump into part of our experience out in the Boundary Waters here in March 2020. We are here on the ice, just off the banks of a frozen lake in the Boundary Waters, Canoe Area Wilderness. And joining us here are two special friends that also are not at Canucopia. Yes, we're here out on this beautiful lake, as you said, on an absolutely fantastic March Saturday afternoon with Mike Syme. He is a co-owner of Rockwood Lodge up the Gunflint Trail. And Brian Hansel, he is a photographer, very well known in the Grand Marais area. The four of us, and many others, 
would be in Canoe Copia in Madison, Wisconsin, right now. But instead, here we are on this lake, making the best of the weekend. Indeed we are. The sun is shining. We've had an amazing time, children, and uh, all ages of folks just out here enjoying it. So let's talk a little bit about the process of getting out here today. Uh, it's been a different path for all of us for the past week leading up to Canoe Copia. Uh, Brian, I was in contact with you through email and just figuring out the plans about uh, if the event, what was going to happen with the event, I guess. And ultimately you, as we did with the podcast, made the choice not to attend uh, even before it was canceled. Just tell us a little bit about, you know, what went into your your planning and, and thinking and just how you're doing and, and even now out here. Yeah, well, it was a pretty difficult decision because I love going down to Canucopia and connecting with people that I know in the industry. And um, uh, But when you're in the middle of a global pandemic, it's, it's a consideration for sure. Um, and I just thought that the risk was a little too high for me to attend. Uh, my son has some breathing problems when he gets sick, so um, we have a breather for him that he has to use often uh, and we just didn't want to take that risk especially since he was just getting over the flu. Okay and Mike uh, you, as I said we've all had a different path you and uh, the other uh, team from Rockwood made it all the way to Madison and it's my understanding you actually made it to the area around the event. Tell us a little bit about your your journey through this. Well we kept checking to see if it was going to be called off or canceled and they kept saying like nope we're still got still on so we loaded up the truck and left Thursday morning drove eight and a half hours down to Madison Wisconsin and uh just as we were checking into the hotel they told us it was canceled so we spent the night down there and then drove back yesterday okay and now here I am on a lake instead of sitting indoors in a convention center so <laughs> yeah. can't complain too much I guess all right <laughs> not a bad not a bad way to spend the time no yeah yeah I'm curious you know, obviously, we're all glad that we're on this lake, but from past years, what are the things that each of you are missing about being at the uh, at the expo? That the things that you really like that you're not going to get to experience this year. So, so for me, like um, I do a couple of presentations, uh, and and this year I was kind of excited. I was going to do a photography tips for paddling presentation, and then um, the dark skies of the Boundary Water region, uh, which I was excited about because the Boundary Waters area is looking at getting an international dark sky um, designation. So. Uh, potentially by this fall so I was excited to share some of that news um, and then also I just hang out in the North Star booth and talk to all my friends in the industry so I used to work retail I know a lot of the reps and a lot of the people that go to Canoe Copia so it's just like a, you know the world's largest paddle sports family get together and um, not being able to do that this year is certainly disappointing. Hmm. Yeah, Mike. What? Uh, how about you? What are you thinking about it? Well, I like I look forward to you know talking to people about coming up, bring up to the Boundary Waters and a um also get to talk to some of the vendors see some new gear that maybe we should you know be renting out to people or sometimes i just want to look for myself i am kind of a geek that way <laughs> and uh yeah just talking to people and yeah yeah for sure and and so we've had a moment out here as you can hear there's there's some activity 
uh, in addition to the four of us uh, also out here. We've got uh, some, some significant others and uh, spouses and friends uh, also with us here. Children and dogs. Children and dogs, yeah, it's a, it's a scene. And, and when we all first kind of came together out here, there was uh, almost an energy, the four of us having been to Canoe Copia, knowing that energy that can be generated at the show that the reunion energy that we had out here there was a lot of Indeed. different conversations going a lot of hey how are you doing what's been going on that type of thing so we have kind of tried to bring a little of that but it just happened naturally i guess yep amongst ourselves so so we're having a we're making the best of it but certainly the boundary waters at least for matthew and i was the first place we we knew we were going to head to um, when we found out the event wasn't going to be happening or we weren't attending and just how everything unfolded. So when, uh, when crowds are not the great place to be, the Boundary Waters really does represent the opposite of that, the absence of crowds other than our small reunion here. Yeah, exactly. So uh, with that, yeah, Brian, tell us a little bit about your, your experience. Uh, I mentioned you're a photographer in the Grand Marais and Cook County, North Shore area. Uh, what what's your past and your connection to the Boundary Waters? You come up and do paddling, or what's what's your connection here? Yeah, so um, before we moved up to Grand Marais, uh, we used to come up to the Boundary Waters to go paddling a couple times a year. Um, and so the one of the reasons that we moved to Grand Marais was actually to be a little closer to the Boundary Waters. Uh, what we found since we moved up here, we actually come into the Boundary Waters a lot fewer times a year than we used to despite it's 12 hours closer um, <laughs> you know considering that we live a half hour away we don't get in as much as we used to do um, but I come up a couple times a year um, and do do a couple trips and then do day trips for photography and things like that yeah cool can you tell us a little bit more about the dark sky designation I think that's uh, something that a lot of people are really pretty excited about yeah, so it's going to be a total, um, and this is not something that I'm working directly on, so so I work on the, some dark sky stuff in Grand Marais, but this is the uh, Starry Skies um, Superior Group out of Duluth and um, the Heart of the Continent Partnership that's working on getting five different parks designated an International Dark Sky Reserve. Um, basically, just saying that it's going to be, you know, preserved for eternity, hopefully, uh, of dark skies. And... You know, one of the things that a lot of people don't know is there's this part of the Boundary Waters at the end of the Gunflint Trail that's as dark as any place in the world. So um, it's kind of amazing that's right here in Minnesota. Yeah, cool. Um, I think whether you're a photographer or a recreator in the in the wilderness, those starry nights, it's what we come up here for. And I, I'm hoping we're going to have a real starry night tonight. Yeah, we should point out that Matthew and... Chelsea and I are, are staying in the snow trekker tent that's set up behind us. We got uh, my wife Maggie over there helping us cut up some wood right now. And uh, so there's, it's, as I said, making the best of it. But Mike, tell us a little well, bit more. I want to point yeah. out real quick that yeah. while we're talking, Mike is sort of fidgeting, looking in all different directions, <laughs> checking the tip-ups to see well, if we got to keep an eye on him. You know? So uh, we yeah. appreciate that, yeah, Mike, yeah. that Thanks, you Mike. are yeah. diligent. <laughs> So, Mike, you come out uh, quite a bit in the winter because you're so busy in the summer. I think you don't get to go, uh, at least in the conversations we've had, fishing as much. So winter's kind of your time that uh, I see you out here or that I understand you get out more in the winter. What do you like about coming out in the Boundary Waters in the winter? Well, obviously, first off, I can. (laughs) 
yeah. the summer I'm way too busy sending everybody else out to actually come out myself. Uh-huh. Um, but I just I like the fact I can just go in for the afternoon if I want to and hang out, drill a few holes, drop a couple lines in, and not catch anything on usually my luck lately. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I've had good luck too. And it's not a <laughs> yeah yeah. But All right. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, gentlemen, if, if we can just get to it. You know, Matthew and I are going to be talking about it throughout the episode here. But just there's the coronavirus uh, discussion, COVID-19. It's a, a dominating the news here in March. And um, it's primarily the reason we're out here is because of the cancellation of Canucopia because of COVID-19. So uh, when we think about the Boundary Waters and it, it's such a pure, we think of it being clean and pure. Um, did that play into, you know, just how you're feeling out here today? We, nobody's really in town and even Grand Marais, a small town where, where we all live or live nearby, everybody's talking about it. And out here, we've barely mentioned it at all. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to forget there for a little bit, you know, buzzkill. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, maybe if anybody wants to add any sentiments about the fact that we were just out here kind of getting away from all of that and and a lot of the interviews matthew and i have done on the podcast people reference that just without even having a a major you know virus or a situation happening that that is often the reason that people come out here for so if anybody just wants to think about that or add something to that well people isolation is good for your soul i guess would be the right way to put it just a little bit every now and then anyways so if we're up here we're kind of already we're two-thirds of the way there and just happens to have some extra medical bonus advice right now so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i will say that uh it it, i haven't thought about it barely at all since we came out here and and in the work that i do and whatnot there's a lot of a lot of anxiety a lot of collective anxiety that's sort of being generated and to sever from that and be just fully present out here is really powerful you know i'm looking over brian's kid is uh, climbing on a giant boulder and uh you know he doesn't have a care in the world and that's that's how i want to be right now mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's just um you know we're kind of at the start of this thing we don't know where it's going um so we don't know what the next couple of weeks are going to do but when you come out to the boundary waters you you, you know what's going to happen in the winter, you're going to do a little skiing, a little fishing, a little hanging out, and it's it's just uh, revives your soul, um, makes you feel better about life, and you can just forget about all your worries. Um, so, and it, you know, there's some science behind this as well. So, so they've studied, um, you know, what the outdoors does to your brain, and it's all good. So we just come outside, you know. So I think what the takeaway for those studies is, um, studies show that the Boundary Waters is good for your soul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right <laughs> on. Another bonus is social media doesn't work out here. There's no internet out here. No. So you're not reading and getting, inducing yourself into a panic, reading 18,000 posts on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, mm-hmm. talking about how, you know, we're all going to die. And mm-hmm. you just get away from that. You used to recenter yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's couldn't a, say it better myself. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, guys. So, and we're so grateful that uh, you know we could have all stayed home this weekend. We could have uh, said Canoe Copia was canceled. We're not going out. We're not doing anything. Uh, kind of got down about it, but get pouty face about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that you you guys came out uh, to be out here today and be on the podcast and 
Um, it's just a, a beautiful day and, and it's an awesome day. Because too. of you guys and your crews, we really got to have our own little reunion today. Our own so canoe copia 2020 Woo-hoo! out here on the podcast. Thanks a lot, guys, for being with us today. No problem. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. You're joining us on the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast out here recording remotely in the Boundary Waters today. So Matthew and Joe, we are out here. This is the morning after staying out in our snow trekker hot tent. Um, And we just enjoyed the most wonderful breakfast I've had in a very long time. Lake trout and eggs. Lake trout and eggs. (laughs) I can feel a full belly coffee oh delicious yes lake trout and eggs has become one of those signature items on our wilderness winter outings and i think what i heard from from mike and brian there in our conversation as well as our own reflections last night here at camp after after everyone left you know i really want to get into some of the the connection and the just the celebratory atmosphere that we had here yesterday on the lake. But uh, before we get into that a little bit more, just some of the some of the experiences of last night and, and our own reflections kind of mirrored a lot of what Brian and Mike were saying that, you know, taking that, uh, that kind of downfall feeling, that downtrodden, that sadness of not going, as we heard Mike drove all the way to Madison. He's standing in line at the hotel to check in i mean he he was probably pretty down i mean i mean he was he told us he was but yet here he was out here ice fishing all day with us laying on the ice i don't know if you guys saw him lounging <laughs> yes. down he was just fully horizontal <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just enjoying just the sun yeah. <laughs> he was sunbathing uh-huh. and and that's what the boundary waters uh offers us a, a place to get away and feel that and and last night after the group had left i was really really feeling that in a in a deeper way uh, either matthew because we, you know we're we're living so close to the boundary waters now and have for almost a half decade or more than mm-hmm. that actually Indeed, now it has been uh, but uh that sometimes it's a little bit easier to take that for granted to come up and go ice fishing so much but i was really feeling that last night that's honestly one thing that really impresses me about you guys i mean for me i'm working so hard trying to move up here and um it's the boundary waters truly are not in my backyard and i wish they were um but i see both of you and how you are out here and you do not take a moment for granted and you everything is just so in the moment and you appreciate all all of the the atmosphere and i really i admire that about you guys well thanks chelsea yeah, thanks i you know i don't want to i can't put too fine a point on the relevance of this experience right now and it's it's a challenging time that that in the in the realms of humans and society and there's a tremendous feeling of vulnerability a tremendous feeling of anxiety and uncertainty and and it's really hard to stay present that i'm just living life because of all the inundation of 
of other more, more frankly terrifying uh, thoughts and ideas. And and for some, the wilderness is a terrifying place. But it for many of us, for our listeners, uh, for those at Canucopia, it is the place you go for peace, for certainty. I know what to expect here. I know that when I'm out there, I will be fully capable of cutting the wood to build the fire to stay warm. I will be capable of catching the fish to feed my belly. I'll be capable of uh, stepping out and seeing a brilliant night sky that never changes. Those stars remain in those places they have for eternity and they will be. And, and that sense of uh, total presence and peace is an amazing uh, medicine for what is chaos outside of this place right now. And I feel like that is the gift that we have received by all of the chaos and the cancellation and the disappointment is that to be out here and to be and to have so many folks come out and 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 do the same with us. I think there was a collective feel yesterday. We we mentioned this, uh, Matthew, talking with with Mike and Brian about getting away from a computer screen. Uh, last night when I was in the house fishing, I think you were out uh, getting some more wood, Matthew, or, or uh, cutting up some some more logs for the fire to have later. I was telling Chelsea that I've never been more grateful or more aware of how much it meant to get away from a computer uh, mm-hmm. with the news of, of what's happening and not to not to escape, not to know that it's you know we're not going to get back into it because we are. When we leave here today, we'll get back into it. But I I do feel even though we've been working everything as you know. On our trips to Windchill, and as anyone who goes winter camping can relate, it's a very tiring process. <laughs> Everything, uh, just even the getting here is tiring. I'm sure all the the people in the party that were here yesterday are were tired. They went home last night and were pretty tired. And we pulled out a lot of gear, set up camp, get the wood, drill the holes, and we're tired. But I'm feeling recharged, mm-hmm. going back, ready able i've had a break from the constant consumption of news and um just all of the the energy that's going into to what's happening right now mm-hmm. and and uh i i think it was interesting that we didn't really talk about coronavirus inside this tent last night i know night. i kind of cringe every time you say it to be honest <laughs> well because <laughs> you're gonna hear it it's coming <laughs> it's right. coming back when we go to town you're gonna hear it probably mm-hmm. first thing when you turn on the radio even wtip i mean it's it's a story that's gripped uh, the world mm-hmm. and um and so here we were in the boundary waters uh this is a this is a trip that i will certainly always look back on indeed and i kind of want to walk you our listeners through how this has gone because it's been really joyful uh you know we all the normal things to do on a weekend uh romp out into the wilderness packing up on a friday night sharing a big dinner with loved ones getting up early and driving into the edge of the wilderness and hooking up the sleds and hauling 
all the gear in and as we were collectively the three of us setting up camp and getting ready for all our resources you know if we have our first visitor arrive you know the beloved Jeff Nemitz who you heard last last month our Polk's lead engineer and all-around engineer with smile on his face ready to drill a hole and drop a line in and shortly thereafter we see two more faces one father one daughter my dear friend Cooper and his daughter Ava Ava uh who uh you know to see a child who who that child got herself all the way out here across one lake over a portage and uh and then all the way out and with a smile on her face and the, the greetings and then uh, you know, some people had to come and go, but then we had another uh, couple of people. Mike showed up and uh, dropped a line in, and Brian and his wife and his kid. And it was just the atmosphere of greetings, and uh, it was really very Canucopia-esque. Mm-hmm. It was much like a rendezvous. You know, Matthew, we were talking last night. A lot of the people I had never met before, but there was just this atmosphere of of um connection and and everybody was enjoying the sun and each other's presence and in this awesome place it was so cool to see and i love getting to make a uh sand cat or a snow castle with ava (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's your first snow castle maybe you mentioned some first chelsea what what other uh experiences were new i mean i guess the whole winter camping thing but what you mentioned some of these first earlier in the episode uh, what were some of those, and and how did how did that go? Ooh, uh, I think it all went really well. Uh, first time setting up a snow trekker tent with you guys. I was taking diligent notes in my in my mind. Um, what else? First time, um, helping Joe land a fish. Oh, that was a little great. bit <laughs> pulling the Vexlark out on that lake trout that we had for breakfast mm-hmm. easily could have gotten off by the way tangled in the vexlar cord as it had earlier so we may not have had the breakfast that we had without your help so thank you chelsea you're welcome joe you're welcome <laughs> that was really fun um wow what else um one observation chelsea that i had of you yesterday that i enjoyed was you stood up and you said i need to get warm and I love that you actually walked away from the campfire, picked up a saw, and started cutting wood. <laughs> uh, it's not what you normally think of for somebody who wants to get warm. That seems like... Walking away from the fire, yeah. <laughs> how, how was that process for you? That was a, a really great process. Um, I, I really enjoyed cutting the wood and uh, finding the wood and gathering it. And I think also... I love the feeling of being outside in the wintertime and feeling warm and comfortable. And I think it just takes moving around and being active. And that's a great feeling too. Feeling your heart beating makes you feel alive. So what do you think about, uh, you know, we talk with such reverence in, in all the episodes about the boundary waters, or either, either the, the people we interview or, or just amongst ourselves as the hosts. Is it is it the boundary water specific this weekend that that helped uh, us come together and and feel this detachment that we that we so sought even if we weren't uh, fully aware of that's the kind of probably the main reason we wanted to come out here was to get away 
uh, more than ever before? Uh, or, or could this have been any other place? You know, could it have been uh, the, the hills of South Dakota or, or somewhere out west? You know, uh, the canyons of Utah? Or, or was this about the Boundary Waters for us, perhaps because of Canoe Copia? Or what do you think, Matthew? I, I'm wondering what, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I think if I were a doctor and I was writing a prescription right now for uh, how to handle all the insanity, it would write, it, on that prescription would say, wild places. And I think it's the it's the boundary waters because it's a wild place, but it's any wild natural space is what gives us this uh, sense of connection with what's bigger and a disconnection with what is so short term and temporary. So I think of our our dear friend uh, who we met in the teardrop trailer last year playing her banjo, and she said uh, she's going to go paddle with her her. Her kid, who she was pregnant with last year, and her husband, and they're going to go paddle. They're further south. That's how they're going to deal with not being there. And I, I think it can be anywhere. It can be in, it can be in your local birding conservation area, where this idea that, you know, people may be mandating sort of social distancing. Well, heck yes, that's what we want. We want to kind of get away from the crowds and into our wild spaces that touch our hearts. What's, what's that uh, saying? Uh, into the wilderness I go to lose my mind and find my soul. Hmm. That's what we need right now. Yeah, yeah. You're talking. Uh, you know, uh, we had communicated with Aubrey from from Redbud Suds, who you mentioned, uh, the banjo player in the teardrop trailer, who we met last year, and and just one of so many people we met, and uh, we're gonna hopefully be, you know, connecting again with people down the road at at Canucopia, other paddling events that the things will return. Uh, is is something I also really picked up on while we were out here that that we will get back the the, the paddling community will get back the the world at large will return I, I really f- am feeling that out here where I hadn't let that hit me yet while we were still in town uh, one of the other uh, nice sentiments that came to me while we were out here pleasant I guess um, and, and so that's you know you mentioned Aubrey and and uh, Red Bud Suds. I also had that banjo tune rolling around in my head last night uh, while we were in, in our sleeping bags getting kind of dozing off uh, that, that beautiful uh, melody she strums on the banjo. Let's, uh, let's just hear a, little, hear a little of Aubrey playing that and we'll come back and wind down the episode. Actually, before we do wind things down here, uh, we we did put out a request from some of the people that we met at Canoe Copia uh, in the past, or just who we know through the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. Our community. Our community, as you always refer to, our paddling community. I think that's the best way to sum it up, Matthew. And uh, we heard back from some people who about what they did. So uh, let's check out some of uh, the audio files from our friends. And up first in this segment is going to be Aubrey from Red Bud Suds, who we just heard playing the banjo up there in this in that beautiful clip that we love. That was from Canucopia last year. And at that time, Aubrey was pregnant when she was playing the banjo in her teardrop trailer. Now she has her baby, and 
had a conversation about Canucopia. And then after that, we'll hear from Aubrey, her husband, Clinton, and baby Soren about what they did over the weekend. Hey, Soren, how do you feel about not being able to go to Canucopia this year? Yeah. Should we make our own canoe trip? You want to get on the water? You want to go on a canoe adventure with me? I thought you would like that. So the Boundary Waters podcast guys wanted us to say what we're doing instead of going to the canoe copia. Watching eagles at Highland Town Lake. So many eagles. There go two more. We went out and tried paddling. It worked. It It worked, but with uh, moderate success, I would say. Limited. (laughs) Limited. Mixed. Mixed. Mixed success. Yep. Now we're just sitting on the dock, waiting for the rain to come. Sitting on the dock (laughs) watching the tide. What do you think, bud? Well, it's nice to be paddling in March, to have warm toes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And a warm baby. A warm baby, even though he can't move because his blue fleecy thing is so huge. What would you say, starfish man? I can't Yeah. I'm gonna start getting the boat. Okay. Oh, eventually. Well, that was fun, huh? Hi, my name is Scott Burdett. And I'm Emily Burdett. We are uh, the dad-daughter duo. We've had the pleasure of being on a couple of Boundary Waters podcasts. And uh, we were going to present at Canoe Copia this weekend. We did so last year. Uh, This year we were going to present about our trip crossing Death March Portage in Quetico Provincial Park in this past August. We We were pretty... Pretty sad that the that the that canoe copia got canceled. Of course, um, it came at a time in the week for me personally that there's just a lot going on, and that one that email kind of pushed me over the edge. I was upset about it, but at the same time recognized that there are more important things going on in the world right now. So what I did was I backed off, putting fine fine tuning our presentation. And uh, and then and then uh, this weekend I I worked around the house. I took our Chesapeake Bay Retriever on a couple of walks, but um, and I did some work at my computer, so it was pretty low key. But getting some work done around here was something that I'd been needing to do for a while. So. Yeah, after Canoeacopia was canceled this weekend, I still wanted to do something kind of outdoorsy. I did end up going to a state park, Blue Mounds State Park on Sunday, got to do some hiking there. 
went for a walk on Saturday around downtown Madison. Um, but in the morning, tried to go to the REI garage sale and the Dane County Farmer's Market. But those were both canceled due to the coronavirus. Um, still got to go outside, though, which was nice. It was a really gorgeous weekend for weather um, down in southern Wisconsin. So that was really great. Uh, did end up going to three grocery stores, though, <laughs> trying to get some food this weekend. Uh, kind of went on a quest in that way. Almost, well, the majority of aisles were pretty cleared out. Big lines that were snaking through aisles, going to the back of the store. Um, obviously, the whole toilet paper craze, um, people were filling that up. Uh, one store had to put a limit on the number of toilet paper packs you could get. So pretty crazy to see that. Didn't really go home with much food. Um, also, I didn't want to really wait in the lines. But yeah, that was never seeing anything like that before in my whole life. But I was really excited that I still got to go outdoors this weekend. Um, although I do miss the Canoeacopia show, of course. Thanks for the opportunity to weigh in. See ya. We hope everybody else is doing well. Joe, I was reflecting on your comments about things will return, and I think when big crises like this occur, and I think my hope is that actually we, when we do sort of come back to a sense of order, that we don't come back as before, but we come back with a renewed, as you said, a renewed sense of community, a renewed sense of appreciation for what we do have, and that we are more grateful uh, coming out of this this craziness more grateful, more connected to each other and more connected to our land than we ever were before yeah yeah, and it, I think it gives you truly a sense of what you really need every time I feel that when I go into the wilderness what do I really need to, to be alive and to thrive and I'll, I'll say uh, this is maybe not the most uh, polite thing but you don't need toilet paper in the wilderness <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right on yeah. <laughs> hmm. so we're gonna eventually start to break down our camp here out on this Boundary Waters Lake this beautiful lake it was so magnificent. You know, we heard Brian talking about the dark skies and, mm. and when we stepped out of here last night and the stars were just in full on just splendor. I mean, it was, we all just kind of stopped right where we stood and just all eyes went up. Uh, that was one of the highlights for me and, mm. and also this early this morning uh, coming out and, and again seeing the ridge lines and the the big cliff that's up above our camp here this big rock slide area and this steep terrain around us and see the silhouette of the ridge lines across the lake uh just just taking it all in this time and 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 so perhaps uh if you know this episode is is much different than we thought it would be even a week ago uh, but hopefully that uh hearing this for you today that you'll be able to take away something and say, you know what, I I can have that turning point or, or that moment where I can 
use this to reset and recharge find your own means of doing that because it's been uh, very productive it seems uh, for the three of us I think we're all a little calmer than we were yesterday mm, much <laughs> much much calmer <laughs> speaking personally yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um and and feeling quite a bit better again yeah. that that that's me personally but uh ready to go back and and just hope everyone who's who's hearing this is doing okay and know that we'll be in canoes soon and really to our paddling community out there to all of those that we were expecting to say hello to and share handshakes and hugs with at canoe copia we we miss you guys and gals and folks and kids and uh we look forward to getting to see you again the next time our paths cross whether it's in madison or in the wilderness or in grand marais uh and we just thank you all for being on this journey with us it's wonderful to feel connected to something so much larger and greater than ourselves I'm really looking forward to hearing people's stories on, you know, how they decided to change their weekend for the for the better this weekend. And one thing I really liked seeing was Jerry Vandiver streaming his uh, his live stream of from the Clarion Inn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was great to get to see. I was really looking forward to seeing him play live, but it was it was a great atmosphere they had there. Yeah, I think uh, just like we did this weekend, it was people making the best of a challenging situation. And uh, with that in mind, that's what we'll be taking back into uh, society as we leave the Boundary Waters on this magnificent March winter camping overnight experience uh, shared with some of our dearest friends, some people who we just met yesterday for some of us and uh, reconnecting with some familiar faces as we said, it was pretty much a, a mini canoe copia taking place out here as far as uh, just the energy and the good conversation. If you'd like to send us an email or an audio recording of how you're escaping to wild places to cope with the nature of things, send it to bwcapodcast at gmail.com or joe at wtip.org. We'd love to be encouraged by you and what you're doing right now. It's been uh, an interesting time out here. It's been a wonderful time out here in many respects. And uh, we're, we're so grateful that you were able to tune in to this episode of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. Matthew, we need more wood. I'm stuck on a snowbank, Joe. <laughs> Go, Chelsea, pull me out. <laughs> Are you down there? <laughs> well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars I will set my sights by the northern star And in the deep dark blue come the northern lights Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights Thinking if the strokes are true We're gonna get through To the other side Out in the night the waves beat the shore You can hear them pounding You can hear them roar Rule me, rock me In my dreams You can roll me, rock me
Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. We also want to give some thanks to Tuscarora Lodge and Canoe Outfitters on the Gunflint Trail. Give them a shout out. Uh, They were one of our people backing us on the trip to get over to Canoe Copia. And uh, they've been a big supporter of the podcast here since day one. So shout out to our friends up at Tuscarora Lodge and Canoe Outfitters on the Gunflint Trail. As Chelsea testified, uh, you know, explained in the last episode of the podcast because she's worked there earlier in the year that it's a great place to work. She worked up there. It's how she found out about the Gunflint Trail and the Boundary Waters largely. So Tuscarora Lodge, Canoe Outfitters, Gunflint Trail, check them out online. Uh, so Chelsea, we break down camp here in a bit, but okay. uh, Matthew ran up to check out the falls and yeah he should be back here pretty quick though um, yeah he's a pretty quick skier yeah and it'll be easy to break down camp anyway so yeah. nothing to worry about but actually you know i rounded this point let's uh, come check this out chelsea i saw this there's this new area uh you know we were fishing mostly over here and yeah. all the group was over here but i, I walked over this way a little bit yes or this morning uh-huh. this is a mound of snow and i was like maybe it's just a big drift or you know there's all these boulders on the lake oh, that yeah maybe one but tell me if i'm crazy but is that little smoke coming out of that or is that just snow blowing in the well i'll be darned i don't know joe i think that yeah that has to be smoke isn't that smoke yeah let's go check it out what what, what the heck what the chelsea ed joseph ed it's Ed. What are you doing here? Have you been contaminated? Ed, well, no, man, no, no. It's cool. Keep your distance, son. Ed, wh- I don't want to have to hurt anybody. Is, is that a Quincy or what is this thing? You came out of that Why, big mouth? Yes. How long have you been sleeping there, Ed? Uh, Chelsea, this is this is Matthew's neighbor, Ed. I don't know. I, you have told you... me about him, yeah. Yeah, Ed. Uh, Ed, this is Chelsea. Have you been contaminated? I yes. haven't, Ed. I promise. I promise. Okay. It's, it's Respiratory fun. symptoms? No, Ed. We're fine. Seriously, we've been okay. out here camping. Matthew's just ran up to the falls real quick. But we're out. Did you hear our... Matthew's group? here? Well, yeah, but he went up to the falls. Oh, is, he, uh, is he contaminated? Uh, no, Ed. Everything's fine, man. I'm telling you, it's okay. okay. You didn't hear our group yesterday? How long have you been out here? What day is it? Sunday. Uh, what date? M- middle of March. Uh, late oh. you know, middle of March. We were supposed to be over in Madison. I thought you were going to help Matthew keep an eye on his place when we were in Canucopia. I'm uh, terrible to say, but as soon as things started to get iffy, I... Headed to the place I feel safe. In the boundary waters. <laughs> it's been weeks. Ed, you're just three wearing, weeks. You only have a t-shirt on, Ed. Oh, it's delightfully warm out here. Ed, it's like ten degrees. Indeed. <laughs> Would you like to come into Mike Well, there's only room for me, never mind. Uh, actually I've eaten all the squirrels I can find. I've uh, caught many a fish and you Nice. Do you have any bacon? Uh, I, I I was going to pack some, Ed, actually. I crossed my mind. I'm so sorry. What's your name? I'm Chelsea. Nice you to are you, the spitting image of my mother in her heyday. You don't say, really? Well, <laughs> the tattoo kind of does. Oh, look right here. Oh. You can see quite a lovely lady, if I do say so myself. There's oh, a bit of a sir. resemblance there. <laughs> 
Uh, so Ed was. Uh, have you? We told you a little bit about Ed Chelsea, but I'm. I got to tell you, Ed, I'm. I'm kind of worried about you today, man. Oh, I'm fine. I've only lost maybe a third of my body fat since I've been out here. Ed, you were, you weighed like 95 pounds before you left. I did. <laughs> Can we get you anything? Do you need anything? Uh, word from civilization. Is it? Is anybody left out there? Sure, yeah, people Ed. are doing great. Yeah. We came yeah. out to just get our uh, little pep back in our step, you know, get recharged, come out here, feel good. And that's, that's how we're feeling right the now. The older I get, the more I succumb to this anxiety of, of the news, just listening. I just had to get away. That's understandable. And here fear leaves me. I, you know what I do need? I haven't had for many days. What's that, Ed? A hug. Oh, <laughs> I'll give you a hug. Oh, oh, thanks for oh, making nice. an old time a feel joy. Cool. <laughs> All right, Ed, well, you, you're going to be okay, man. We'll tell Matthew you're out here and, and uh, say hello. She... Tell him I'm sorry if his house burned while I was gone. I just couldn't stay. Well, I think he was worried about his pipes freezing more than burning. Oh, well, I sh- well, tell him I'm sorry. <laughs> I will, Ed. <laughs> we'll check back in on you. I'll be here till the snow melts. All right, Ed. I plan on swimming out once the ice That's the last time out. I saw you was on Gaskin. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been in here way far colder, far longer. All right, Ed. Well, uh... Good to see you, man. You take care, and take care, buddy. we'll try to get you some bacon. Peace to the outside world. See you later, Ed. Bye. Well, that's that's Ed. I, I was telling you about. Ed. All right. What a guy. All right. Let's let's get back to town, Chelsea. All right. All right, let's get this tent broken down. Come back again to the dark lakes, come back again to the river's race. Green on white, green on blue, green on black for darker gray. Green on white, green on blue, green on gray, green on green, green on green. To the green on green, to the green on green, to the green on green. green, on green.